This is the Horse Radio Network. Which is better, thongs or spanks? We discuss our favorite underwear to ride in on episode 15. Also, Michael Young is making headlines again, only this time as a show jumper? Justine paid an animal communicator to talk to her horse, and a special new guest shares her insider tips on what's going on at WEF. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where three horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Hour! I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jess Payne. And welcome to episode 15 of Heels Down Happy Hour. So uh, first off, yay, Jess is back. I'm so excited. And Jess, we need to hear everything about how life is with baby Hudson. So tell us. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I know I'm probably biased, but he's pretty adorable. He's so cute. And our bar area, I guess for this show, it's perfect. Somebody made a comment. Our bar area is now taken over by baby bottles. Oh my so you God. don't really see the alcohol anymore. You see a lot of baby bottles. And our whole house has more, you know, swings and bouncies and play pins and every gadget I think you could think of. So it's... It looks like a different house. Like it's, it's a change. Oh my God. Well, I saw your picture today on Facebook that you're back riding. That's so exciting. I, yeah, it was exciting. I, um, I started off pretty easy. I took one of my students' horses for like a long walk. He needed to walk today. So I started off slow, but I'm going to try to ride a couple more tomorrow and every day kind of keep going. Awesome. Yay. Well, of course, yeah. we're so excited to have you back, but, um, I also, we also have sad news, like happy news that Jess is back. And then sad news, um, poor Caroline, Caroline Colbertson, our third host, our confidant who always has the most ridiculous things to say on this show (laughs) is leaving us to pursue other endeavors. Um, we're really excited for her. She's got a lot going on this year. She's getting married. She's buying a house. She's got all cool, like new things going on, but we're really going to miss her. So, um, we just want to send her off and say we love you and good luck on everything. And please listen to our show because we're going to keep bringing you up and probably sharing share embarrassing stories about you. So Absolutely. But <laughs> in good news, we have a special guest. Yeah, yeah. So Alex Wells is on our show today. Hi, Alex. Hi, guys. So Alex is a 25-year-old amateur show jumper who is passionate or as passionate about the NFL football as she is horses. She grew up in Huntington, New York, and graduated from Florida Atlantic University while she was competing in Wellington, which is now her home for six months of the year. She has two dogs named Maisie and Crouton. Oh, my God. I love Crouton. (laughs) (laughs) And travels the show circuit with her professional Grand Prix riding husband, Andrew. So welcome, Alex. How's it going? Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here. Everything is good. Um... I have a fun drink for us tonight that's kind of a in the spirit of talking from Wellington this evening uh, from one of the restaurants here called The Grill at The Grill, and it's called the Chanel, um, and it is Tito's Vodka, Muddled Mint, Bitters, uh, Agave, a Splash of Lime, and Grapefruit. Ooh, Yum. That sounds pretty good. I know, and Jess, you can drink with us now. I can. I'm having a glass of wine. I'm oh so excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not episode. doing something as fun as the Chanel, though. Like, that sounds awesome. That it's, sounds very, very fancy, like very Wellington. It's very so, refreshing. Alex, I have to ask, what team in the NFL do you cheer for? 
Well, unfortunately, this season, I was a Vikings fan because my husband, Andrew, is from Minnesota, and they lost in the NFC Championship. But die hard, I'm a New York Jets fan, which is actually also quite unfortunate because they were very bad this <laughs> <Yeah>. season, too. <laughs> so do you, I know, I know the Super Bowl is, is like... Hard. He's a diehard Patriots fan. So that's oh. why Doug is like obsessed. So um, we almost had like a battle between Andrew and Doug with the Vikings and Patriots. But next, okay, year, no. next year. I feel like, like the Patriots win too much, though. Like it's like really it's got to be boring to be a Patriots fan when you just run all the time. Drives me nuts. <laughs> I mean, I'm a poor thing. I'm a Titans fan and I'm like from Tennessee. So that's unfortunate. And then I also I went to Auburn. So I, I do have to cheer for Cam Newton and the Panthers. But NFL is usually run in this house by the Patriots because I'm a college football fan. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by EcoGold. EcoGold is proud to put your horse first with technology that helps keep your horse comfortable in his work. Add a flip half pad to your EcoGold collection for the best of both worlds, both traditional and fun. Shop now at ecogold.ca. So I've got some exciting news. Um, Michael Young, who we all love as an amazing inventor, is now making way being on the German Nations Cup show jumping squad. Wow. How did yeah. that happen? Well, he's always had a both, um, spoke to him a bit actually when he was at Rolex Kentucky and he was saying his barn is actually half split. He's got half show jumpers, half event horses, and actually a couple dressage horses. Oh. So I guess he's been show jumping for quite some time, but now in the last couple of years, he's really been doing some five stars and his horse Fisher Solutions has been selected for the nation's cup that will be in Dubai in February. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if he's not impressive enough as an inventor, you're like, oh, great. It's the number one rider. And now we're going to take on show jumping. So it's exciting. We'll see how he does. He's He's got quite a few show jumpers that have been doing the five-star level. So it'll be interesting to see. So good luck to him. Be interesting. I, he's like the ultimate overachiever. How can you be good at like everything? I know. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. It's like the Patriots. It's <laughs> yeah. like when you're like, really? Give somebody else a shot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But right, no, Alex. I mean, good luck to him. So can't say anything bad. It's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to watch. Yeah. Sure. Alex, what do you have for us? So the USCF Veterinary Committee meeting took place last week. And um, basically the highlights from that are, as a lot of people know, um, the Depo-Provera drug kind of came under fire last year because there were rumors of it being banned. And as a result, um, people began filing the MPA disclosure forms in paper form. And since they became completely inundated, they've now started a digital submission, which is going to make it much easier for people to both use the drug and to submit the fact that they're using the drug. Another thing that was interesting was that Pergolide, which was previously on the banned substance list, is actually now going to be able to be used with a therapeutic use exemption which is good news for people that have horses with Cushing's. So that will begin fairly soon. And then as of April 1st, injectable magnesium will be completely prohibited from competition grounds, no exceptions. So I think that will kind of have a pretty big impact on the horse show world, especially in, you know, the hunter yeah. jump world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Those are some big topics. Big. 
Justine, you have a funny one for us. I'm always looking for the funny ones. You're, you're so, good. <laughs> yeah. So I've got this headline from the Daily Mail. So take it with a grain of salt here. But uh, they came up, they are reporting on this analysis that says that one in every 15 breakups, like divorces among married people, among better off couples. So I imagine that means rich couples uh, end over a dispute over who keeps their horse. So I guess... <laughs> One in really? 15 middle-class-ish uh, couples um, end in divorce because they fight over who gets the horse. And this story is so funny. Like, I, I, you guys have to read it because they interview this divorce lawyer about people who say, like, horse ownership has become a noticeable feature of the divorces, which we deal with not only due to the frequency which it crops up, but also because of the intens- intensity of the disputes. I guess people really fight hardcore on who keeps the horse. Which I guess makes makes sense because horses can be very expensive. So say, you know, who to do family has a horse and the wife rides and it's an expensive dressage horse and then they end their marriage in this bitter, awful divorce. I mean, I guess I would want to keep the horse too to sell it and make some money if I'm getting divorced, right? Yeah, I don't know though. Like that'd be interesting. Are they both horse people or are they... You know, just one person that rides. They give a couple of examples. So one of them is this uh, millionaire horse surgeon in in Britain, it looks like. And he fought with his wife uh, to keep her horse. And it was her horse, technically. But he was a a vet, like a renowned vet. So, and it ended like literally. Mm, Let's see here. It looks like he lost. And he described in court that uh, his earning capacity, you know, took a downturn because of all the fighting in court and it cost him to delay his retirement by five years. Well, maybe you should have given up the horse and been nice the first time. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Greatness never ages. So help your senior horses live their best with Purina equine senior horse feed. It has active age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through the years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash equine senior. All right. So I think we're about to have the most heated discussion we've ever had on anything on Heels Down Happy Hour. And it's very, very important to anybody who rides a horse. And I'm talking about what type of underwear you ride in. And Alex, Jess and I just had a a little brief discussion about this before we started the episode. And I just think that you guys are absolutely, totally like crazy out of your mind because you ride in thongs. So I don't, maybe my butt's too big, but I cannot ride in a thong and be comfortable whatsoever. Wouldn't that make, wouldn't that make sense if you were like, wouldn't a thong, if your butt was so big, a thong would be better? I don't know. I've tried it. I've had to do it occasionally like where I wear, I, I don't wear thongs often only like when my wardrobe forces me to wear them. Like I'm wearing a pencil <laughs> skirt to work and I have to go to, and then I'm running to the barn and I forget a change of underwear with my riding clothes. And I'm just like forced to wear the thong and like a strapless bra, which is also awful. But the thong, I just, it's never comfortable. So have you tried the- a hanky? <laughs> I'm not even sure exactly what that is. I'm not going to lie. I think you need to Google it. All right, I'm going to Google it right now. But you guys need to defend this thong. I just don't understand it. I, I just... I think I'm with Alex. I think you're in the wrong thong. I mean, oh, I'm no. not in like some like string one that's like pinching into my skin. No, no. So hanky panky is a thong. Hanky panky. Yes, there. So I mean, I think they have real underwear too. It's first of all, they're typically one size. 
Like that's, they advertise their one size fits all kind of deal. And they're this soft sort of lacy. Oh, I have these. I do like these. I've never ridden in them though. Thong. I mean, I've tried other ones and okay, there's nothing worse than riding in the wrong kind of underwear, but I'm telling you, I've, I've tried the Spanx thing. It just, it didn't work for me. It, it was awkward. It didn't look right. People swear by it. I've always gone back to the hanky panky. I can I can understand the hanky panky, but I'd be, I I would still not want to ride in them because the lace, I feel like it's just going to get like tattered and ruined. I don't know. Like they're too nice. No, they don't like just shrivel up. No, mine are pretty sturdy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So why, why don't you like, what do you think it's going to happen to the lace? (laughs) I don't know. I just, maybe I'm hard on my underwear guys. I I need more (laughs) underwear. (laughs) In fairness to the Spanx, I kind of think I I didn't purchase the correct ones when I tried to use them. So it was sort of a disaster. And I just was a little bit gun shy to try and wear them again. So did you have you tried Spanx, Jess? No, I I mean, I I just wear the hanky pankies every day, like whether it's like, you know, with jeans or with riding pants or whatever else. Like, I just I don't know where the underwear would go. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't it doesn't it get like boxed up in like kind of in the way yeah exactly yeah it does oh, so, your underwear <laughs> i wear i wear normal underwear like most days at the barn but i i i do have a like a lot of styles like the hanky panky i didn't know there was like a name for that but um like a cheeky kind of pair and i those are probably my preference to ride like every day but when i show and i have to put white breeches on i definitely ride in spanx and I get like the old lady Spanx, like the long ones that go, you know, almost to your knees. You know what I mean? Like the longer ones that aren't like the short thigh ones. I can't so, do that. I mean, you just forget about it. Like it's awkward when you first put them on and stuff. And then I'm like, what? You forget that you're wearing them. So I'm like totally fine with them. So I show in Spanx most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of people do in white breeches. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it, all it takes is one time of showing up in your regular underwear and you forget and you have like the purple underwear line and your white breeches. You know what I mean? And you never, you never do that again. <laughs> so. And if you wear the hanky pankies, then you don't even have to worry about it because it's the same underwear you wear every day. I guess that's true. I guess. All right. You're tr- all right. I'm surprised, but you guys are changing my mind a little bit. Like maybe I need to invest some more hanky panky <laughs> underwear. Yeah. And then I will say, I can't wear the real bras. Like, I have to wear a sports bra because then, like, the straps fall down and then you're spending, like, time, like, grabbing yeah. that. Like, I can't do those. So I do wear, like, a sports bra. That's probably pretty normal. What about you, Alex? Oh, definitely sports bra. I can't do anything else. Even if it's, like, a sports bra that the straps are a hair loose on or something, it just, it, it there's nothing worse than being distracted by that when you're trying to actually accomplish something on a horse. Yeah. That's that is true. I mean, I ride in like a normal bra bra sometimes, but it's like, I'll make sure I have, I don't know. There's a thing that there's like a company that makes this, but it's like, I, I have all those little clips where you can pull it. So it's like a razor back behind your shoulders and that helps keep it from falling down. Yeah. Like I honestly leave them in my tack trunk. I'll have to look up what the name of them are. They're super cheap. You can get them at like, you know, Target or whatever. Oh, that so would be great. For days, because I, I go to the barn, like, at weird hours in between work. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'll go and, like, have to change from, like, professional wear and ride. And then when, if I'm wearing a normal bra, I can just pull it back quickly and it's not, my straps aren't falling down. But I do prefer sports bras, too. I didn't even know they made those, honestly. I always feel like I'm, like, in a different world. But I had no idea those even existed. 
Yeah, they're super easy. I mean, you can obviously do it like yourself, but these make it so it doesn't like, it's not like bailing twine, rubbing your straps or anything. It's just like a little clip that you add to your bra. I hate to admit, I never even thought about it. I'm like just annoyed about the straps and then they just keep bothering <laughs> me. <laughs> so I never was like, maybe I should tie them back. <laughs> I know. Well, it all, my mind was like, I totally like my whole life was changed when I bought a bra that had those built in, those clips built in so you could do the razor back. And yeah. so then I was like, wow. And then someone's like, oh, you could buy the, those little pieces. And now I do. But uh, unless, go ahead, Alex. No, I, I should keep those in my tack trunk, God, you know, in the case yeah, of an emergency. Yeah. yeah, seriously, they're great. But I would rather I would rather ride in a normal bra with my strap falling down than wear like a normal thong. <laughs> I still don't know about this. <laughs> I don't think I'm with you on that one. <laughs> okay. uh, do you have like a good underwear mishap story to share from when you guys are riding sometime besides like the normal bra strap falling down. Oh, I do. Oh, let's hear it. (laughs) So I had this one pair of black breeches that I'd had probably for seven or eight years. And they were my favorite pair. I absolutely refused even when they, I mean, they just, they look terrible at the end. And the only reason I stopped wearing them was that in the frontal area, it had become so worn through. And I didn't think it was a hole. I just thought that the fibers were overstretched, that my underwear that were not matching my breeches that day were showing through. And I'd walked around the horse show the entire day that way. (laughs) Oh, man. Is it like see-through yoga pants kind of look? Is that what what it was like? I mean, it was basically a tear. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was even worse. Nobody told me. I'd run into at least five people that I knew. I was like, are you kidding me? Those five people were not your friends. No, or at least, or they didn't see. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. A lot, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go with that so they can still be your friends. <laughs> oh my God. We've all been there though. Like I said, it only takes one try of wearing like brightly colored underwear, under white breeches to like never do that again. Yeah. Definitely done that at a dressage show. It was awful. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Whatever. Could be worse. So Alex, you live in Wellington for like six months of the year and you're down there. What's going on down at WEF? Oh, it's the typical craziness two weeks in already. Um, I mean, it's that kind of buzz at the start of the season sort of never gets old. You know, you sort of half expect to be used to it and then it starts all over again. And it's like the first day of school, but it's a lot of fun. And um, I'm, we're really fortunate to be able to be a part of it. So it's, you know, we're now a quarter of the way through and we're still kicking. So all good things. I'm sure you're competing a lot, right? And your husband too. Is, have there been like any cool Grand Prix yet? Like anything of note that was like really exciting to watch? Well, the first Saturday night of every WEF circuit, they begin with the Battle of the Sexes. Um, oh, yeah. Is, I love that. that. It's super fun. I actually, I've done it the last two years and this year was the first time in, I think, 10 years that the guys won, which sad. was I know. sad. It was sad, but it's a lot of fun. And I got to bomb around the meter 25 with my older horse. And he thought it was really all about him and that he was really special to go under the light. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last week, actually, so every week they have the Grand Prix qualifier on Thursday. And then typically the Grand Prix takes place on Saturday night. 
And in the Grand Prix qualifier, something that I don't think has ever happened before, three people had the same exact time in the jump off for second place, and they all tied for second place. Wow, that was crazy. Crazy. Like the exact same time, like down to like the second. Yes, they didn't go into the thousandth, which I kind of think they should start doing because, I mean, how can it be that hard to go to one more digit, right, to be able to them, but they were each of them were 36.76 seconds. Holy moly. Yeah, it's crazy. So this is something I've always wanted to ask somebody who rides at WEF. I mean, when I go down there, it's usually to watch or audit or to report for the magazine, that kind of thing. And I one of my favorite things about going to WEF is just sort of sitting on the sidelines of the warm-up arena. But for the jumpers, it just always looks like such a zoo. Like it is just craziness, horses everywhere, grooms everywhere. It just looks like insane. So Alex, like, can you maybe walk me through, like, how do you navigate that if you're riding and you actually need to jump a fence? Like, how does that even work? I mean, is there like a, like a secret handshake you have to know to tell somebody to like get a <laughs> fence or like, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty much as crazy as it looks. I mean, typically, okay. The kind of unspoken rule is that if there are four fences in the schooling area and you are four trips away from competing, you start jumping. So one, two, three, and four should be jumping, but it's not always quite as simple as that. And, you know, people will get a jump too early and throw off the entire kind of cycle of things, or you get people that are European that are here for the circuit. And in Europe, they have two fences typically, and everybody shares and they go up and down and they think that's how we do it here. And they learn very quickly that that's not quite how it how it rattles down. But I mean, most of the time people work together and, and kind of, you know, they figure it out, but at least for the international classes, you know, the stewards are really on top of who's at what fence because they have a little bit more of a priority in terms of getting things done. So it, it ends up working out. Interesting. So what about like fashion trends? Because that's also where I go to WEF. I live in Florida. So I like make the drive down usually once or twice for the season. Um, and that's usually where I do most of my shopping. So (laughs) is there anything interesting you've seen so far? I know it's kind of early, but. Um, I mean, in terms of like different fashions, not so much, but one thing that I found really interesting is that, you know, you typically, unless you're at the, you know, the master's ring with the older, older adults competing or, you know, the odd person, there have been a lot more inflatable jackets and vests being worn. And even, yeah, and even not, not even just in those arenas, but, you know, professionals are wearing them in the Grand Prix ring and, and in bigger classes. And they've, they've made them now so that they're more dynamic and fashionable. You know, you can barely really even tell that somebody's wearing it. Um, and so they, this is, this is like an air vest, like you see in eventing, but it's a little different or is it the same thing? So they make them in like a vest you know, an actual vest that zips up over your show coat. And they now also make them our show coats and they just, you know, attach to the saddle. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a version of the top cross country vest that we wear, not like the body protector, but the air vest. Right. 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 Cause that's where you see it most often, you know, obviously it's in cross country, but that's interesting. And I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it's sort of, you know, you see everybody wears it at cross country and I mean, Yes, there are more elements of danger involved, maybe, but I mean, there's still a lot of risk involved, you know, in any of the disciplines. So I I just, I saw it and I thought it was really cool and novel, but then I thought it's kind of crazy. It hasn't caught on sooner. So are judges cool with it? Because I'm like, have you seen it in the hunter ring? Like the judges don't mind or? 
apparently Sandy Farrell has worn hers and I don't want to, you know, I, whether she's actually worn it in the show ring, I've heard yes and no, I haven't seen it firsthand. So I don't want to say that I have, but I think in the hunters, you know, they, in theory, they're just looking at the horse, so it shouldn't really be a problem. I definitely haven't seen it in the equitation ring. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So Justine recently hired an animal communicator to talk to her off-the-track thoroughbred Mikey. Um, what was that like? <laughs> oh, my God. So it did not go as I, yeah, as planned, I guess. So first off, some background. My barn owner, who runs the boarding facility where I keep my thoroughbred, um, you know, like she knows all these other horse people in the community and everything. And there was this woman who is pretty well known in her area, runs her own boarding operation, ran a local show show circuit around here uh did some like planned some like grand prix shows over here like years ago so she's pretty well known in the community and she just started this business being an animal communicator and said that she has this ability and is wanting to explore it blah 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 blah. so i'd seen her around our barn a couple of times uh where i guess she was like trying to put feelers out there for her business to see if people were interested or wanted to learn more and um my barn owner had her talk I guess air quote talk to a couple of her horses and had interesting things to say about it and uh then another boarder did it and like learned a lot about her off the track thoroughbred so I was I was like sort of intrigued uh so I was like all right well maybe and she caught me at the right moment too so I've sort of struggled with my thoroughbred he stopped sweating over the summer it was very expensive I I just got him in April so I don't know him that well And literally, like, three days before I talked to her, he just, like, very out of character for him, went nuts and, like, dumped me violently in the dirt. Like, I'm still, like, sort of gimpy from it. So, she just caught me at the... Yeah, I'm fine. He's fine. I think he's finally feeling better health-wise after the anhydrosis. And now he's a young horse. So, uh, so he dumped me pretty good. And then, so, she happened to be there. And I was like, well, if you wanted to take a look at Mikey, you know, I, I'd be interested. And it was, you know, it was 65 bucks. It's not that expensive. My husband thinks I'm a crazy person, but uh, that's a whole nother story. So she, how she does it is she comes and meets the horse and pets him and touches him and kind of hangs out with him. And then she takes a picture and she goes home and she calls it body talk. She goes into this uh, meditation room she has in her home, usually late at night and tries to connect with the animal about what's going on. And she told me that at first Mikey was uh, very despondent. Like he didn't want anything to do with her. He kept turning away from her. He wouldn't look her in the eye. He had no interest in communicating with her, but she was able to coax him into it, I guess. And he, he told her that he was harboring this feeling of dejection. Like something had happened to him in his life where he felt dejected. And now he feels like he's, not on the path he's supposed to be on in his life. And I was like, well, those some big thoughts for that thoroughbred. <laughs> but um, I said, okay, well, because, you know, he was bred to be a racehorse. He started as a racehorse, didn't make it as a racehorse. So maybe, maybe he feels like he shouldn't, he should still be a racehorse, I guess. But then she told me he also had some, like some kind of serious digestion issues and I needed to change his feed. And after the anhydrosis stuff, I'm like, I would not change his feet because it took a long time figuring out what worked, what didn't work, what was contributing to the non-sweating. You know what I mean? Like, that's like a a whole investment of like, why would I just change his feet when he's fat now? He feels he's the soundest he's ever been. 
he's clearly feeling better. So I was like, I don't want to change the feed. So uh, then she kind of got upset with me, I guess, and talked to my barn owner about it. And it's become like this weird thing because I told her I don't want to change my horse's feed, but thank you for talking to him. And so now it's like this weird, awkward thing because she she sent me this message where she's like, I don't want to take your money if you're not going to take my advice. And I was like, well, I'm going to take the advice of like my vet, I think. You know, like <laughs> my vet said, if nothing's broke, why would you change it? Right. Am I crazy? Is this crazy? No. Okay. I, this conversation, I mean, this story sounds crazy, <laughs> but yeah. is crazy. <laughs> okay, good. I've like, I've been trying to confirm that in my brain this whole time. Like, no, this is crazy. My horse is fine. You just so, fixed him. Why are we going to break him again? So I think, I don't know if she thinks he has ulcers. She just had a digestive issue. And I called my vet to just ask about the feed. And the feed she wants me to put him on is one of these like whole food feeds for horses which does that even exist it's the crypto arrow brand do you guys know anything about that yeah so it's literally like a it's in theory it sounds wonderful it's no soy no corn no molasses no gmo it's all like basically hay pellets timothy and alfalfa pellets with some papaya and like random like peas instead of soy and um all these things but it's basically what at least from what I've read about it at this point, it's not really a complete feed. Like you would have to supplement it with other things to get the same yeah. thing that is out of like a normal fortified balanced feed. So I was like, I'm not going to, my horse is, looks good. He feels good. Yes. He has an attitude sometimes, but he's also like a green horse who for the first time in his life is feeling pretty good. Cause I fixed him. Yeah. Right. That yes. is like normal, rational thinking, right? Yes. Completely. So anyways, so now it's like this awkward thing because she, I told her I'm not going to change the feed. And so she just texts me like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to pay you? Like, how? I, what do you want to do? Anyway, so Alex, you had had an animal communicator experience, right? Yes. And I think my husband will kill me for going there talking about it. But basically, <laughs> it's one time we had... It wasn't really, it was an issue. I'll I'll call it an issue. We had, you know, this horse had gone really, really well all through the winter circuit at WEF, had jumped clear in a bunch of the meter 50 classes, got to Kentucky, and I mean, just was a completely different horse, knocking the jumps down. She just, she was holding her breath. She wasn't right. And we'd tried everything and we'd gotten a few months into the summer and he said, okay, I've done everything I can do. Somebody had, tipped us off about this woman that you call over the phone. And so he thought, okay, we'll give her a call. And in doing so, he wanted to kind of test her first to make sure she wasn't just totally full of it. And as an example on testing her, and all you do is give the barn name of the horse, and then she's able to figure out what the horse is and and kind of go from there. And so my horse actually that I have now, um, at that time, which was about five or six years ago, was hurt. And, you know, we were having a really hard time getting him sound again. And he had actually, he had just re-injured himself the week that he called this, this woman. Oh no. He called her and he said, so how is this horse feeling? And she said, well, his, you know, his neck and, and his shoulder hurt, which, you know, kind of generic could be for any horse jumping on synthetic footing. And then she said, but he wishes that the farrier would shoe him more evenly in front. And sure enough, he has a big old upright club foot, a club foot in front. Oh, wow. I mean, I I think that like as a last resource kind of thing, it, it can work, but 
I've never heard of a situation like the one that you're in currently. Well, so and did, I, Alex, did yours actually like, you know, did it help or? It did. The advice that she gave for the horse, which was actually the one that was having a hard time, you know, that was a little bit nervous that had done so well the month prior. Yeah. She told us she felt like she was slipping on the footing, which, I mean, we never would have thought to put a little bit of front stud in. And sure enough, the next Grand Prix she won and she jumped great. That's really interesting. So, and I, it sounds, that sounds very similar to how this lady uh, communicated with a couple other horses. So like I, I put a couple schooling rides on another thoroughbred in our barn and his owner had paid the same lady to talk to him. And she, he had like a, I guess he was like a horse who was left at the racetrack. Like someone just abandoned him and she kind of hit some of these issues with him right on the head. And I thought it was interesting. And I was like, well, that's actually kind of interesting, which is why I wanted to give it a try. Doug had us call one for one of my horses. Oh, really? Oh, tell really? us. Oh, yeah. A friend of ours, like, I have this one horse that, like, literally has all the talent in the world when he feels like doing it. Mm-hmm. And he's just, and so, like, you know, I'd basically call him, like, not great names sometimes. Because I'm like, you know, why are you being a little s word? You know, like, you're just yeah. a little, ugh. And so, some days he's great. Like, and you swing and miss or whatever. Like, he will jump the moon. You get to the perfect distance, he'll knock the rail. And Doug's like, what in the world is wrong with you? Like, And so a friend of ours was like, you need to stop calling him bad names and he'll be better. So we started calling him Sparkle Face because he's got this big white face. So a friend of ours was like, you need to call this animal communicator guy. And so finally Doug's like, you need to call. I just want to know what they have to say about PJ. Same thing. But this guy did everything over the email. You never spoke to him. And so like we kept emailing him and everything else and like, I've never had an experience where like, literally I kept emailing him like questions and I got no response. Like he would give me a response to something else. And I was like, no, I want to know like what's wrong. And he's like, he doesn't like anybody, but you riding him. And I'm like, well, no one rides him, but I do like, he's not able to be, you know? And then like one day, one girl wrote him and I was like, and he hacked him. And so, but it was, it was interesting because everybody says all these great things about like animal communicators and stuff. And some are great. I couldn't get this guy to answer any of my questions. He just stopped returning emails. That's, That's so weird. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. We got no answer. But Doug was like, okay, we're going to give it one shot. We're going to call this one guy. And we just, we gave up. We're like, whatever. <laughs> like, it's fine. That is interesting but, though, because there's no, there's no like overseeing, like they get certified in something, right? Like it's just someone who feels yeah. like they. And that's why I think some of them are great and some of them just doesn't work out. It might also be like that specific person with that specific horse. Like, cause this woman has helped somebody else, you know, with yeah. their horse. So I don't think she's, you know, necessarily it's not, not good her, at what yeah. she does. Yeah, I just, it didn't work out for my situation, I don't yeah. think. Well, and that's the same thing. Like, this guy has helped uh, a good, good friend of ours, like, with her dogs, with her horses, and, like, she swears by him. And maybe mine just doesn't put off the vibe to, like, communicate, and he just doesn't want to. <laughs> so maybe that's it. Maybe Mikey just doesn't want to talk to her. Or maybe uh, maybe one day down the road, I'll just have a million problems and finally put him on the feed she wants me to put him on. And then he'll be magically wonderful, but probably not. <laughs> it's also like a bag. That bag of feet is forty two dollars. I've like heard that. about it. I don't know anything about it, but I mean, it I just said, seems 
insane yeah. to do it without like 10 years. I'm like, I'm not switching. Unless he's and not I, feeling good. But if you're saying he feels great, I mean, that seems, yeah, like, he is performing great. You know, like he is the most sound he's ever been. He has so much more ability than when we started. Cause he was so lethargic with the non-sweating, you know, like he, he didn't show a whole lot of abilities. So we didn't know if he was going to be a decent jumper, but now he's like a different horse you've got all the sweating problems, everything under control. And so like, that was huge. That was a huge problem before. Yeah, it was like, we couldn't do anything, you know, but now, um, now the digestion stuff makes me a little bit nervous, you know? So that's like where my brain's like going a hundred miles a minute. Cause I'm like, well, maybe he does have a digestion issue. He, he is a cribber. He's cribbed as long as I've known him. He's put, he, he holds his weight though. He, he's a little bit on raise like a jerk in the barn sometimes, but I also think he's enormous and he's young and he's kind of a bully. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. that's part of his personality as much as, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't appear to me to be like, I'm a, I'm hurting, you know? Right. No. So then I was like, do I treat, should I treat him for ulcers just to do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've, we scoped him and stuff when he was sick from the anhydrosis and no one saw, no vet saw anything. So I don't know. No, I would probably let it play out a little longer. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's perfect. All right. You guys are making me feel way better about this. <laughs> perfect. Okay. I shouldn't go buy the $42 bag of feed, right? I just need confirmation of that. Yeah. No, no. Don't go buy the $42 grain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what time it is, Justine? What? Rose and Thorn. We got to have oh Alex. Gosh. We got to tell her about it. All right, Alex, have you heard of Rosenthorn before? Briefly. Okay. So this is like our shtick. It's what we do every week. So uh, you're going to pick the best thing about your week, which is your rose, and then your worst thing about your week, and that's your thorn. Okay. So we'll give you we'll give you a minute to think about it. Okay. Do you have yours, Jess, or do you want me to go? I have mine, and then you can okay. go let Alex go last. We'll let her think. Sounds good. So my rose would be that I rode a horse today that I rode. It was the first time in six months. Wow. I had like one of the girls asked like, how long has it been? And I like calculated. I was like, that's the longest it's been me not riding probably since I was like six years old. Oh so, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So that See? was my rose. And then my thorn would have to be the lack of sleep. It would have With to be. Yeah. The baby when he. He wakes up every couple hours to eat and I'm breastfeeding. So I'm like the only one that can get up. So that's not so fun, but it's worth it in the end. So it's not really, but that would be my only thorn of this week. It's definitely what a transition. Your, I feel like uh, you're allowed to like have a, you know, have a grudge I mean, about it. Yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> terrible, but it's, it's not fun. You know, one o'clock in the morning, you're like, I really would like to be sleeping, but it's all worth it in the end. What's your rose and thorn? Well, I guess my thorn will be that I got bucked off. I feel like, all right, so I turn 30 next month. I'm getting old. And it it hurts getting bucked off now. Like, well, I felt like it wasn't that long ago where I could get bucked off and you jump right back up, you know? We, and we I don't got, bounce like used to. No way. Holy moly. And I, you know, it's been a while since I've gotten bucked off. So, you know, it's it was a humbling experience. It was time, you know? But I'm... I feel like I'm just dragging my like dead carcass of a body around. Like <laughs> I feel, I feel broken in all these places and I'm fine. I'm just bruised. Like my butt is bruised, but like I felt kind of weird on my shoulder and my hip. So I just like, I, I come home from work and complain to my husband. Like 
I'm dead. You have to do everything. And he just looks at me. <laughs> you know, there's this thing called ibuprofen. Yes, I've been taking it. I've <laughs> <laughs> been taking absent salt soaking baths. I'm just, you know, I'm just, just milking broken. this one. Just broken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm milking it. All right. <laughs> and then my rose. Uh, let's see. I don't know. It's been a pretty good week. Oh, we just booked a trip to Iceland. In oh, no way. Yeah. So, so that's my rose. That's yeah. Awesome. I'm going to ride an Icelandic pony and I'm really excited. <laughs> that is awesome. And so jealous. Yeah. A dream. All right, Alex. I guess my rose is that I'm super excited to show this week because even though I did compete in the Battle of the Sexes a few weeks ago, I haven't done like a true competition in a long time. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and for my thorn, this is sort of a lame first world problem, but I broke the zipper on my only pair of functioning tall boots today. So that oh, was really no. that is a huge thorn. That oh, is the yeah. worst. Yeah. Big thorn. <laughs> That is definitely a first world equestrian problem, but we feel you. We feel <laughs> definitely. you. <laughs> I was afraid my tall boots weren't going to fit today. I was so excited that they actually fit with my riding pants as well. So that was, that should have been my rose actually. <laughs> first world problems is that I actually fit into my clothes. Not that I actually rode the horse. That's what it should have been. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so we got a mailbag. Alex, just so you know, every week we invite our listeners to ask us questions, and we got a good one. So this is from Rachel, and she says, I started listening to your wonderful podcast a few episodes in, and I absolutely love all that you do say and share. Aw, thank you, Rachel. I now eagerly look forward to Fridays and love listening to you on my commute to work, to and from work, aka, aka the barn. So her question is, I am a somewhat young late twenties, equestrian entrepreneur living on the East coast of Florida, woohoo, Florida. And with any business endeavor, things can get overwhelming, discouraging, and stressful in a world full of opinions, keyboard jockeys, and naysayers. It is refreshing to hear you all discuss equestrian news in a realistic, genuine, and compassionate manner. She's so nice. But anyway, so her question is, what advice would you give a young business owner or someone looking to pursue horses as a business? And I think, uh, you guys need to answer this since you both are, are, you know, riding horses in more of like a professional, you know what I mean? Like you guys have horse businesses. I just write about them. Alex, do you have a good answer? Well, I guess for me, okay, I'm, I ride as an amateur, but you know, I obviously watch and I'm very closely linked to, you know, my husband's business, but I would say that, you know, the best thing you can do is kind of keep your head down and do the right things and know that, you know, the short way is kind of the long way. There's no shortcuts, you know, like anything else. If you work hard and you do right by people, you know, eventually good things happen. And I would Aww. say just don't give up. I think like if you're really passionate about it, ride the highs when they're high and stick out the lows when they're low. You know, honestly, everybody, it's a roller coaster for everybody. It's not, you know, it was social media these days. You see all these like great things that are happening, but in realistic world, everybody has the lows. You just don't, you know, don't write about them, honestly. So I would say don't give up, like stick with it. And, you know, if you're truly passionate about it and stay with it and ask, ask questions. Like when you don't know the answer, ask somebody, find yeah. a mentor, ask questions. Don't be Everybody, afraid. You know, they're there to help most people. There are no stupid questions. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the horse world is a small world, no matter what you're doing in it. Yes. Very, very small world. So 
Good luck, Rachel, but thanks for listening. And everybody else, please email us with your questions. Yes. So the email is hello at heelsdownmedia.com. I love mailbag time. Me too. But also we have more exciting news. I forgot. So we launched a Heels Down Happy Hour podcast lounge Facebook group. So it's a closed group on Facebook. So you have to ask to join. But um, basically you guys can join this Facebook group and you could ask us questions about the show, about stuff you read in the magazine, about stuff you see on the magazine website, anything you want us to talk about on the show. We'll always take story topic ideas. Um, if you want to talk about thongs versus spanks, I will happily stick up for spanks in that Facebook discussion. You guys should join the join the Facebook group. We'll share the link in um, in the show notes here. Anything to add, guys, to that? I mean, we're trying to get this Facebook group going. No. Come join us. We'll all ask, you know, we'll join in with your questions and answers. If you want to hear more from us, check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet, so you can take it anywhere. You can download it on iTunes or Google Play or check us out on the website at heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of each month. Did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone? Search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. All right, guys. Well, Alex, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. And Jess, I'm so glad you're back. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's been so much fun. All right. Well, until next time, cheers. 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 Cheers.